0: See how those kids run to the altar? I expect that at the invitation. (laughs) All right, well, it's uh, good to be with you this morning. I appreciate uh, our pastor allowing me to uh, fill the pulpit in his absence. And even with that uh, substantial introduction, some of you still may not know who I am. It kind of reminds me of that christian speaker driving to speak at a church one sunday morning and he has his two young sons in the back seat with him when they pull into the parking lot his oldest son looks at the parking lot and he says dad listen nobody's here to come hear you preach and you are so famous the younger son looks at him and says well dad if you're so famous why aren't anybody here His oldest son responds back defensively for his dad and he looks at his little brother and he says, listen, knock it off. It's hard to be famous when no one knows who you are. (laughs) And maybe that's why I'm not famous, because nobody knows who I am. Well, what I've discovered through the years is you don't have to be famous in order to preach the Word of God. And so I've come this morning uh, to do just that, to spend a few moments looking into the Word of God. As you can tell by your bulletin, we're going to spend some time in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we're going to read the first nine verses together. Paul writes, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now... You were not able to receive it, and even now you're still not able. For you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one? I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are. God's building. May he add his blessing to the preaching and the hearing of his word. As we gather here this morning, I want us to begin by asking ourselves a question. And the question is this. Do you desire for the Lord to use your life? Do you possess any desire, any passion, any ambition For the God of this universe to reach down and use his life, use your life for his glory. We kind of live in a me first society. We think only of me. We only plan for me. We only account for me. And for some, thinking outside of me is something that is foreign. But let me put it this way. Let me put it a different way. I'm not asking whether you, you want the Lord to save your life I'm not asking whether you want the Lord to bless your life. I'm not asking whether you want the Lord to be good to your life. I'm not asking those things. But what I'm asking is, do you desire for the Lord to use your life? To use your life for his glory? I think most of us that are present would desire for the Lord to save us. What desire for the Lord to bless us? What desire for the Lord to shower His blessings upon us? But when we move to being a blessing to someone else, when we move to having the Lord to pick up our life and to use it for His own glory, some of us begin to struggle. Some of us do. I doubt anybody here would want to turn down a blessing of God on their life. I bet you if I took a hundred dollars out of my billfold, if I had it, and I took it down to this youth group right here and said, does anybody want it? I don't think anybody would, any of those youth would say, nah, just keep it. Do you? I bet you I could get offered to Bill Denton and he wouldn't, he a dick Denton, he wouldn't, he wouldn't even turn it down. We don't turn down the blessings of God, but it's something different When God comes and says, I'm not only going to want to save you, I not only want to be good to you, not only do I want to bless you, but I also want to use you. That sometimes we struggle. Sometimes we struggle and we begin to make excuses so we don't have to serve the Lord. You know, there's times when you, when, when Christians begin to make excuses for God not using them. I don't have the time to do it. I don't have the talent to do it. You know, I've kind of learned over the years that when you come and ask someone for a particular position, when you come and ask someone for a particular per- position of service, a lot of Christians will go, well, I tell you what, I'm not going to answer that right now. I'm going to go pray about it. Now, you know what that means? I'm going to go think about it till I can think about an acceptable excuse so I can tell you why I can't do it. Now, I'm not putting down prayer, but I'm just not convinced that that's what a lot of Christians do. When it comes to moving beyond God being good to us to God using us, some of us struggle with that step. So that brings me back to that original question. Do you desire for the Lord to use your life? You realize this morning you have the opportunity to answer no. You have the opportunity to answer no. You can tell God, no, I don't want you to use my life. But let me say this. If your answer is no, you are forfeiting, you are forfeiting much of your Christian experience. You're forfeiting much of your Christian experience. You realize that there are blessings you receive from God, and then there are other blessings that you receive from Him when you allow Him to use your life. And to tell you the truth, I don't know which are better. I don't know which are better. Those blessings that he gives to all of his children or those blessings that he reserves for his children who say, yes, Lord, I want you to pick me up and use my life for your glory. Yes, Lord, I want you to have your will and way in me. I know that there are blessings that he gives all of his children and I'm grateful for those, but I'm telling you, there are blessings that are reserved just for those who allow God to use their life. And both of them are good. And I'm glad I don't have to choose. I'm glad I get to experience both. Your answer can be no. But I hope that the majority of us this morning, our answer is yes. When I ask you, do you want the Lord of this world, the Lord of the universe to come and pick up your life and to use it for his glory? I hope your answer is yes. And it might be that some of you are saying that. But then as we look at our life, we go, where's God using me? I don't know how God's using me. I'm not aware of God's blessing. I'm not aware of how God is picking up my life and using it for His glory. I'm kind of stuck in a rut. I'm kind of stuck in stalemate. I'm not moving forward. I'm maybe moving backwards. God, I don't understand. Could it be that the Lord might use 1 Corinthians chapter 3 to help us understand why that is the case? Could it be that the Lord, that that the Lord through the Apostle Paul is telling the church and its members of the Lord's desire to use them, but eventually he has to tell them why he's having difficulty using them? Could it be that the same difficulties that you find in 1 Corinthians 3 are the same difficulties that we are facing even in our own, our own life? So let's take a moment and look at this text as it addresses different areas and attitudes that might be keeping the Lord from using us. As you look at this text in the first three, as you see in the, net, in the outline, maybe the maybe it could be that it be a matter of immaturity. Maybe it's a matter of immaturity. As you read those first three verses, you see that Paul is frustrated. He's planted the church. He's spent time in the church. He's invested his life in ministry in the church. And yet the people have not matured. They they haven't grown spiritually. Now, I don't really want to start anything, but I will. (laughs) And this is what I want to start. Who in here has the best-looking grandchildren? I mean, who has the best-looking grandchildren? I don't want to start anything, but I will. (laughs) You know... I know it's a biased opinion, but I've got the best looking grandchildren. And it's not even close. So don't come show me your pictures afterwards, all right? It's not even close. But isn't it interesting that as we have grandchildren and they're so cute when they're young, doesn't it kind of frustrate you a little bit when they start acting like everybody else's children? You know, they fight over who gets the TV remote first. They fight over who eats first. They fight over who gets in line first. And you step back and go, man, my kids are like everybody. My grandkids are like everybody else's grandkids. The infants act like infants. The young children act like young children. They don't act any different than anybody else's grandkids. What you see and what you seem to be suggesting, Paul seems to be suggesting to the church then is when you were born again, You had infant tendencies. You drank milk and you didn't eat solid food. You had infant tendencies. You are a babe in Christ. You cannot handle difficult situations. You cannot handle hard questions. You cannot be used in significant ways because of your maturity level. But what Paul would suggest as he reads this is but over time this should change you should mature in your faith where you can understand more you should mature in your faith where you can be counted on to accomplish more for the faith you are no longer to be spoon-fed by God's truth but you should be able to seek it and find it yourself you should be mature to the point that you can seek it and find it yourself as a Christian comes to this point, they should be able to feed themselves. Paul writes this to the church. He doesn't necessarily want to call them unspiritual to the point that they are without the Holy Spirit, to the point that they are lost. That's not what he wants to say. But however, he does want them to come to grips with the fact of where they were spiritually. And as we read in this text, they were worldly. They were carnal. They were immature. They cared more about the things of the flesh. They cared more about the things of this world than they did about the things of the spirit. This resulted in them being self-focused, being self-gratified, centering their life only on themselves. And this had resulted, as you read in the text, this had resulted in two things. One, they didn't live that much different than the world. And number two, they were unskilled and inexperienced in the ways of God. They were unskilled and unexperienced in the ways of His work, Word and then unskilled in the way of the work of the Holy Spirit. They could not be used because they were too immature for the Lord to use them in a significant way. In 1992, I went to Pastor First Baptist Church of Berkmanette, just south of Lawton, just north of Wichita Falls. I followed a pastor that had been there 27 and a half years, and I was the 31-year-old next pastor. The five deacons that had tried to run off the 27 and a half-year-old experience, our 27-year-experienced pastor had tried to run him off for the last two years, couldn't get it done. I show up, I'm 31 years old and about six months into my ministry here they come for me we rocked along and it was rocky we rocked along and it was almost two years and we were having a business meeting and i looked back on the back row of the business meeting and there were those five guys now they never came to business meeting but here they are all five of them sitting on the same pew and i went uh-oh we're gonna have a problem and so my mind starts buzzing. How I'm going to handle this? How I'm going to respond? How am I going to conduct the meeting? My mind's spinning, and we're going through the process of the business meeting. We we go through the minute. We go through the the financial report. We go through the minutes. We go through we go through uh, old business, and we're just about to go into new business. And Bob Eastman, standing sitting right over there, stands up. Bob Eastman's one of the most respected guys, was one of the most respected guys in the church and in the community. Bob Eastman stands up and he says, Pastor, can I say something? And I said, sure you can, Bob. He says, you know, you've almost been here two years and we haven't told you how much we love you lately. I'm going to invite all the members of the church to come down and hug your neck and tell you how much we love you. So the next 45 minutes, people are coming down, hugging me, hugging me, hugging my wife, telling us how much they appreciate us, and they go back to their seats, and when that's done, I look back and those five guys are gone. Bob Eastman handled it like a spiritually mature Christian. That didn't happen by luck. That happened because... Bob Eastman walked with God and grew in his relationship with the Lord to the point that the Lord walked with him and Bob Eastman heard him. Sadly, as I travel different churches, and it's not just the churches in this association, as I traveled churches in Oklahoma City area as well, many of our churches are kind of populated with undisciplined, perhaps even immature Christians who have been affiliated with the church for many years but have never really spiritually matured. You do realize this morning that growing old does not mean that you're going to be spiritually mature. Sometimes you're just growing old. Becoming spiritually mature requires an investment of your life. It, 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 inv- it includes a time where you set aside with God for your life. I, I ran across this little acronym uh, from uh, Rob Gallaty's book. You can put that up. I think I put a slide up there. Hopefully I did uh of uh is it no? Nope. oh there it is uh Rob Galley's book I he he has an acronym of how to grow in Christ how to have a closer walk with Christ did you see what he says I didn't want to I didn't want to try to read all that because it's well I'll just do it quickly If you're going to walk closer with Christ communicate with the Lord through communicate with God through prayer got to spend time with God learn to understand and apply his word in your life C-L-O, obey God's commands. S, store God's word in your heart. That is, memorize it. E, evangelize. Tell people about Jesus. R, renew yourself spiritually every day. Closer. A closer walk with thee. You communicate, you learn to understand, you obey, you store God's Word, you evangelize, you renew yourself each and every day, you grow closer. It's something that you plan to do. The question becomes, am I spiritually mature enough for my God to use my life in significant ways? If the answer is no, then what needs to do, what do we need to do to remedy that? maybe walk closer but paul doesn't stop there it's not just could it be a matter of immaturity notice what he says also at beginning in verse three part b when he says could it be a matter of focus could it be a matter of focus could it be that the church has lost proper focus could it be that their focus was on something other than what the lord that desired for it to be It appears that one of the results of spiritual immaturity is church division. This is what we find in Corinth. You find Paul saying, some of you say, I am of Paul. Some of you say, I am of Apollos. Here was the problem in the Corinthian church. Paul planted the church. That is, Paul founded the church. Paul started the church. What you discover is that Paul invested his life into the church. Paul invested his time into the church. What you discover perhaps is that in that church as a result there will be some old-time members there. And they like Paul. They like Paul because he spent time with them. He's invested in them. He's prayed for them. He's led them and instructed them. He's an old-time preacher there. And to be quite honest, Paul was probably a better writer than he was preacher. Just to be completely honest. But then here comes Apollos. Young, fit, runs five miles a day, wears skinny jeans. You don't wear skinny jeans, do you? Wears skinny jeans. Has holes in his knees. They move the pulpit and they set a stool down so he can sit on the stool. But when he begins to preach, he can preach the stars out of the sky. What she discovers is that the younger people liked Apollos. He was young, fit. He was like them. He could preach. Paul wasn't much of a preacher. He was a better writer, but he wasn't much of a preacher. But boy, Apollos could preach the stars out of the sky. I like Apollos. And the older folks So now I like Paul. And Paul comes to them and he says, listen church, if you were more spiritually mature and less carnal, you would know that I am not in competition with Apollos and Apollos is not in competition with me. We work together. I planted, Apollos watered. But your focus needs to be not on me. And your focus needs to be not on Apollos. Your focus needs to be on the one who makes ministry possible and the one who makes ministry grow. You need to have your focus on the Lord God, not on personalities. You need to have your focus on the Lord God. You need to be more focused upon the one who makes ministry possible and makes ministry successful. Now you move this to the day in which we live. You can, on your tablet, on your computer, on your iPhone, you can go hear any preacher you want to hear in the country. You can go back to the past and listen to some of the great preachers. How many of us have dialed up an Adrian Rogers sermon to hear Adrian Rogers preach? The golden boy and that golden voice. But you can also listen to any contemporary preacher that you want to. Most of them can be found somewhere on the internet and you can listen to them as many times as you would like. And where this is not inherently wrong, I believe there's a danger there. We could be guilty of having too many voices speaking into our lives. The danger could be that this becomes a test of fellowship among believers. If you don't feel the same way about well, if you don't feel the same way about Billy Graham that I, that I do, then maybe we can't be brothers.